What's up guys, Rick here with some updated data research and strategy for the 2023 season in terms of winning your one and done league, or at least being prepared to win, putting yourself in a good position to win. And also big announcement, uh, my one and done for next year is live and it is a hundred thousand dollars of guaranteed money, uh, with live scoring and, reminders if you don't get a pick in and everything in one spot so i have the invite for that for you guys i couldn't be more excited about it i'll tell you more about it in just a second but let's jump into this all right let's just start with what a one and done league is i feel like i have to start with this every year because every year it's getting bigger and bigger and more popular and more popular so if you have not played in a one and done league or a one and done contest uh essentially the standard format is that every event from the sony open to the bmw championship you select one golfer and depending on how much money that golfer wins each week that converts to points for you so if you're a golfer that you picked wins a million dollars in the tournament, that's a million points for you, and then you get ranked on a season-long basis because uh, uh, based on the number of points that you've earned and there are payouts and all that fun stuff. That is uh, the gist of it. The, the crux of the problem is that you can only use each golfer one time. So if you use Rory McIlroy, the first week he plays, you cannot use him again. So that's where the strategy enters and do I waste a, a star here? Or do I save him? That, that's why this becomes so fun. And there's just countless iterations of ways that you can deploy your golfers. That's the standard version. Clearly, I understand that there are a lot of variants. You know, you might have segments in your one and done where, uh, hey, the first quarter of the season, that's worth a specific payout. Or we separate just the major championships and that's its own payout. Or you get double money at major championships. I under I understand there's a lot of variations to this. Uh, what you're going to hear me discuss is basically the standard version. And the standard version is how I run my one and done, which I'm going to unveil to you right now. Let's go. The run and done. The Rick run good, run and done. Someone came up with run and done instead of calling it one and done a couple of years ago, and we're going with it. So uh, if you have participated in my one and done in the past, first off, thank you. Uh, we have run it uh, on two different platforms. There was a spot where you had to go and put your money in league safe, and then you had to come back to office football pool, which is where all the picks were going in, and they're was confusion, and quite honestly, there was a lot of manual processes for me to, to compare the two sites, make sure everything was in order, make sure I could identify the entries across the two platforms. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of headache. Not anymore. So I partnered up with Fantasy Golf Championships and put our run and done on their site, which means they're integrated with Sports Hub and League Safe. So where you pay is where uh, where the contest is being held. You're going to put your picks in in the same spot, and we guaranteed $100,000 in the purse. And this is all regulated, so that's that's guaranteed money. It's not going to change. The payouts are not going to get bigger. They're not going to get smaller. It's $15,000 for first, $10,000 for second, $7,500 for third, so on and so forth, all the way down to 165 spots. So that's um 165th is, you know, more than 10% of the of the of the league is getting paid out. They are a flat payout structure, so you get rewarded for finishing third out of over 1000 people um you know, in a, in a decent way. There's not like a huge, massive first place payout. So it's a flat payout structure and it's got to get 1100 people to fill. Um, I don't often 
beg. I think I'm going to do a little begging right now. So because I'm taking this one and done and putting it on a site that's going to allow for live scoring and so that you can see how many people ahead of you have chose have, have chosen, chosen, is that a word? Each golfer, like it, there's just a lot more functionality and it's going to be a lot easier for everybody. Like there is risk in this for me, right? Because it's regulated, because it's a guaranteed purse. If we don't fill it, like, uh, am I going to be stuck paying out like 20 grand out of my own pocket? Cause I'm trying to do a nice thing for the community. I would love to not have that happen. And on the flip side, I'm not making any money off this. I'll just throw that out there. Like the, the, oh, that, that overlay that you see does not go to me. So, um, don't make me shell out this money, please. Please go fill it up. Go fill it up right now there. It's a hundred dollar fee. So you can turn $100 into 15,000. It is single entry. So you won't have people who have more entries than you do. Everybody's on a level playing field. As of right now, um, there's 150 spots taken, which means there's plenty of spots full. There is a link in the description that you can go sign up. Please sign up early. Do not make me sweat this thing. Do not make me beg anymore. But this is uh, really good for the community. It's going to be really exciting. I will, um, as I did last year, I'll add some cool stuff to the top. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. So, so watch this behind me here. Here's a championship belt, right? It's pretty heavy. It's like eight pounds and really well done. Um, so Jim the Animal Steel won last year. He gave himself that nickname, by the way. Uh, he won this thing last year. He won the one and done last year. So not only did he get the 15K or whatever first place was, uh, I sent him one of these bad boys. And I'll come up with something fun and we'll figure out a way to uh, you know, continue to give out some fun stuff. So don't don't make me sweat it. Go, go, go sign up now and we'll... We'll figure it out. But uh, let's now discuss how you can best give yourself a chance to win that $15,000 up top or any of the other prizes of the $100,000 purse. Let's jump into it. What will it take to actually win the $15,000? Well, um, I, I mentioned him already, but Jim the Animal Steel, who was our, who's our defending champion, he earned $17 million last year. Here are the standings if you're watching on YouTube. That's pretty big because that's a $3 million gap between him and second place. So he kind of ran away with this thing. So it's it's not super likely that there's going to be a huge gap like that at the top of the board again for this year. But $17 million is what got it done last year over the course of 30... There was 32 events. I think Jim actually missed one event, which is crazy. Um, and so that's about $500,000 a week if you're going to want to try to win this thing. And... Maybe it's more than maybe it will be 17 million uh, points that wins it because this contest that we ran last year and the one that I'll be referencing throughout this video, it had 678 entries. Yeah, 678 entries. And the one that we ran in just for the for the fall and for the full season for the fall and the summer, um, which is still ongoing, that's still going to continue as is that got 800 people. So I assume we are going to get more than 800 for the big boy, the 2023 run and done. And I hope we're going to fill it at 1100. And then that will create a situation where you probably will need a little bit more money than what Jim earned, or maybe what Jim earned for, for last year. So $17 million, $500,000 per start. And that's, that's really your goal. I want to give a couple of anecdotes or, or information from my experience in one and done last year, before we jump into like the schedule and things like that. A lot of people think that if you don't get off to a good start, you're out of it. And that is absolutely not true. So I'm just going to scroll down a little bit. Humble brag, uh, although I'm not like super stoked about it. 
I finished 16th in this last year. I started the year with five consecutive missed cuts, and I missed the cut in six of the first 10 events. I would I was in I was in last place. I was in dead last. Yet by the time we got to the op the I think it was the open champion, was it the US Open? The US Open, I was in first. Now I actually kind of choked it away because after that I missed three consecutive cuts and uh four out of the final nine starts, and I I kind of withered this away. But I went from dead last to first in what is that, 25 starts, over 25 events, something like that. So you are never out of it. Um, that's that's my main point here. And my results from last year certainly illustrate that. I also prefer to play um, a little bit of like a go big or go home strategy. I mean, you need $500,000 a start. $500,000, um, it's like a top three finish most weeks, right? Now, major championships or larger purses – Maybe you can get away with um, something inside the top 10 and not get burned, but you are really looking for a high-end finish. Getting somebody to finish 23rd every single week does not win you any money. Uh, it's not going to win you the the belt. It's not going to win you the $15,000. So I prefer the go big or go home strategy, and you can kind of see that, right? I only had <laughs> I only had 20 caches in 32 events last year. 20 caches. That is the lowest number of caches of anyone in the top 260, the top basically third of this, and I finished 16th, okay? So I took on a very big, like, go big or go home. I missed a lot of cuts, but I found three winners, and I got eight top 10s, and I made a bunch of money. So I prefer that style. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of different ways to get it done. Seemingly, everyone else got it done with more caches, but I like the idea of actually finding win equity. Now, when you start talking about win equity, what does that mean? Um, I like to try to find every single week I make a pick a golfer who is inside the top five of the betting odds. And um, it's it's not impossible to do because you're going to have weeks where, uh, you know, the fields are weaker and maybe Seamus Power is inside the top five. Then you're going to have weeks where the fifth guy in the odds board is like, Scotty Scheffler or something like that. So it's not it's not impossible to do. And I want to remind everyone that we are kind of very much in the year of the chalk, right? If you've heard me talk about this, we are in a stretch of golf dating back to basically the start of last season in which guys who who have odds that are like 20 to un, 20 to 1 or under or even 30 to 1 or under are winning at a rate that we have not seen in multiple years. And there are a lot of theories behind that. I I I believe it is a bit because of um, the middle of the board, the soft middle of the guys that went to live kind of hollowed out that area of the board. I also just think that guys are much more willing to play after a win and kind of stay in a heater more frequently. So you see guys kind of rack it up a little bit. Max Homa, you know, I'm just showing you right now, just guys who won just winners over the, this isn't even top five winners from, you know, the start of the 2022 season, uh, to current, which is you know, going into the 2023 calendar year. And you're going to see like a lot of similar names and a lot of big names, right? Max Homo won multiple times. Roy McIlroy won multiple times. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler piled up, what, four of them. Uh, Cam Smith has multiple victories. And you're going to see other guys, um, you know, that would have been 
the favorites are in the top five the week that they won. Hideki Matsuyama at the Zozo Championship, like absolutely would have been one of the favorites. Justin Thomas at the PGA Championship, maybe he wasn't top five, but he was probably top eight. Sam Burns at the Charles Schwab. Sam Burns is another guy who won multiple times. Tony Finau has now won multiple times. I mean, these are guys that were very, very favorably looked at um, on the odds board. So if you can live in that top five, top six of the betting board each week, uh, it's generally a really good strategy. And there are, you're still going to be, you know, struggling to find winners, right? I mean, how many winners did, did Jim have last year? Four? Yeah, he only found four winners in 31 events, um, but he got the big purse ones. And he was able to follow it up with a bunch of top fives and a bunch of, a bunch of top tens. Like, that's also part of it. So you got to get guys that are going to finish inside the top five. Um, I think Brian Harmon was like a really good example recently. If you're just trying to think of recent memory, he was kind of the clear selection at the RSM classic where you're, you know, you're never going to use Brian, uh, Brian Harmon at a different event. He was one of the top five favorites. I think he was 18 to one. He finishes T2. That was like half a million dollars, right? So these are, they're out there and they're going to continue to be out there. It's a, it's a, it's a season long game wrapped in a weekly game, these guys are going to be available to you. So living inside that top five, getting the win equity, living with the chalk, I think is is better now than it's ever been because of the way the, the tour is kind of trending at the moment. The big thing that is going to be different for this year uh, that most people will screw up is the schedule and the purses. So remember, we are, we're in a new era of the PGA Tour where there are more elevated events than there has ever been. And there are golfers, uh, you know, the top 20 guys in the world who have basically agreed to play a lot of similar schedules. So you're going to get more this year than ever, like the top 18 players playing in the same event. Uh, which is going to be really, really cool. And it's going to make for some really interesting one and done dynamics. What people are going to screw up and the way that this has generally been done historically is you would save your best golfers for a major championship. And then there was kind of this little bob and weave where you'd then say, okay, well, I know everyone is going to save their best golfers for a major championship. So I'm going to go just a little bit sideways and go, okay, I'm going to put my guys in my best guys in for the match play or what used to be the WGC events or these invitationals like Arnold Palmer invitational or the Genesis invitational where there's still sizable purses. Uh, and I'm just going to be a little bit different in, in that way. Well, now it's a completely different ball game. So what you're looking at on YouTube right now, if, if you're watching here is the, every event for the 2023 season and the purse that it is going to have. You'll notice that the ones in yellow or gold, whatever color that is, the four major championships, we don't know what the purses are going to be yet. They don't have to announce. I mean, the Masters announces it like Sunday or Saturday at the Masters, right? Like, so we're not going to know until week of. So what I'm actually putting in here is uh, last year's numbers. Now, I expect, yeah, maybe they go up a little bit. Maybe the Masters goes from 15 million to 17.5 or um, maybe the U.S. Open goes from 17.5 to 20. I don't know, but it's it, that's what it is for last year. But let me let me turn this around. And just sort by purse. And you will notice the staggering amount of elevated events that we have. There are 11 events, 11 events that have a higher purse, a, a larger purse than any of the major championships. Think about that. 11 events. The, the big, now the big boy is the Players' Championship, a $25 million purse. And there are then 10 other events with a $20 million purse. So now. You say, okay, well, wait a minute. Let me think about this. 
Um, maybe it's not saving my studs for the majors. Now maybe it's saving my studs for the Travelers Championship, which is something we've never said in the history of the game. So here, these are the events you really want to be dialing up your best players for and going from there. So, uh, and then you'll notice there is a pretty sizable drop-off from the Open Championship, which was the lowest purse of the major championships last year, to kind of like the regular PGA Tour events. It goes from $14 million to nine and a half million. Now that'll still be what 1.8 or something like that for the winner, but it's just so much smaller. And then you have these um, 16 events that are much lower in purse. So the 11 big ones, the four major championships, these are the 15 events that are going to make up the vast majority of the prize purses where you want to spend your absolute studs. And then really the rest of these events, because we expect so many of the top players to play in those big events, the rest of these events are going to be kind of like your Brian Harmon situations, I think, right? You go and you find uh, a guy who's in the top five of the betting odds, who has uh, r- good course history or is coming in hot, who might be able to steal one of these, right? Like That's kind of the idea, or maybe go out and get you $500,000. So the schedule is critically important this year. We got to get it right. How do we get it right? Well, uh, there are a lot more options now, and we've got to start identifying golfers for these events. So there's a couple of ways to do that. We're going to talk about it, but before um before we do, I want to also talk about um making sure that you use all of your all of your golfers. Before we start talking about that, let me talk about bro throw real quick. So you guys have probably heard me talk about this. I'm like infatuated with bro throw at the moment. It is a it's simply a peer-to-peer betting website. It's it it, it match may it matches people who want one side of the bet with the other side of the bet and does it uh, uh, vig free, juice free. So for example, you can see, you know, here are some, you know, EL puts out 20, I want $20 on plus eight for the Spurs. Well, if I want the other side of it, I just take the heat at, at, at even money or there's, there's just no juice. So this is something that we're building a community on. So I've actually have a, a private group. Um, and you can see there are, there are 31 open bets in the Rick Rungood group right now. So you can go on here and these are people that have only come through like my link that are in this group. And you can say, Oh, um, you know, there is an NHL game tonight. I'll take this side of it. And, like this, this is what the blockchain was supposed to do. But right now we have a community and I think the community is really, really important. So we've got 83 members in it right now. I would love to have this be a couple hundred because then we'd have so many bets and so many wagers that everyone would benefit from this. And we'd really just worry about um, dealing with one another. This is not a sports book. Um, It is not a financial website, which means that you, all you do is you just reconcile your wagers with Venmo or cash app. And there's a ledger in here and it's very, very easy to do. The other thing is, uh, because it's not a sports book or anything like that, it is available in all 50 states. So this is not a situation where you have to worry about what your state regulation is or whatever like that. Like it's available in all 50 states. And then the other thing is, um, what was I going to say? I, oh, well, I don't know. It's just invite only right now. So you want to be part of, you want to be part of this invite. You want to be part of this with us. So there's a link in the description. It's brothrow.com slash Rick. I'll add you to the group and then we can all kind of benefit from there. Oh, and it's free. That was the other thing I was waiting. It's free. It's free to sign up. It, it doesn't call. It just you can sign up, be a part of the group, and just wait and find a bet that's that's good for you, or throw one out. It's pretty crazy. The number one mistake that people ask me about or or mention to me is is you're like 
three weeks, there's like three weeks to go. And someone DMs me and says, Hey Rick, I have Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland. Um, like I've got like nine guys available. How should I deploy them? And it's like, you, you wait, you wasted this. Like why, why did you have all those guys on your bench? Um, and why didn't you play them? So what you'll see me do. So I'm going to show you my, my sheet from last year. What I tend to do is this, I will, before the season starts, basically list the top, I don't know, 50 or so golfers that I think I'm likely to use in the upcoming year, whether that is by OWGR, whether it is just by a list that I put together. Like I'll list out 50 and then I'll start slotting them in uh, to make sure that I've used them all, right? And I'll just keep a running tab of who I've used and who I haven't used. It's, it's very, very simple. A couple of good things about this. Um, when you are caught up in in the week by week decision making process, it is very easy to get caught in like the recency bias. It's very easy to be like, oh my god, you know, Sungjae just came off a missed cut, but I was going to use him at PGA National, and now I don't know what to do. And you don't play him, and then he ends up going out and having a great week, right? It, it's very easy to get caught up in the in the recency bias bias nature of it. So by by putting golfers in uh, before the season starts, and then kind of swapping them out is a way that I try to combat that. Now, I will say I fall victim to the other side of this, almost like anchoring, where I will say, "Oh my god, well I had I had him slotted here. I have to play him." Right? Even though like I've maybe Justin Thomas I have slotted for the players and um he's been horrible for 3 weeks and he drops out of the top 5 of the betting odds and all that stuff and I'm just I'm just anchored to him because I stuck him there. So what I'm going to do this year and this is what I would kind of encourage you to do as well is to keep a running list of golfers so that you can cross them off and make sure that you have them. But what I'm going to actually do is is use my sheet here and put in options. I'm not going to tie myself to a single golfer anymore. So for the Players' Championship, what I'm going to do before the year starts is I'm going to put in three different options. And those options are probably going to be um, golfers that I, I, well, I, maybe I could go look at the odds for uh, some of the major championships who I think are going to be in the top five of the betting odds, guys that have played well uh, historically, guys that I think would be good fits for the schedule and good fits for the purse. You know, I want to use my studs here. And then when we get to the week, I can look at those three options and kind of choose from there. I think that's a better way to do it. You are covering yourselves on both sides of this. So how would we start? How would we actually start doing this? So the players championship, um, great example. Okay. So what you could do is a couple of things. I would use my website, rickrungood.com, and you could go to each golfer's profile page and you could click on courses and you could kind of see, Hey, where, where do they play best? Where do they struggle? So this is, this is Brian Harmon, right? I just had him still up there. He's probably not a good example here, but I can be like, Oh my God. Well, he's been great at TPC Potomac. He's been great at PGA West. He's been great at TPC San Antonio, even Mirfield village. Like maybe I'll use him in one of those spots. Boom. Brian Harmon's name goes in. Uh, a better way to probably do this is to go to the Holy Grail and just for the sake of like shortening this up a little bit, I'm just going to put in the field of the guys who are in the tournament of champions. That's like 40 something guys that you're probably going to use almost all of them in one and done. So this is probably a pretty good exercise. I'll go back to the last couple of years and I'll put in, um, the course as TPC sawgrass and see who has played the best. Okay. So here, this is really good. So let's just do, let's just do the players championship together. Um, what I would do is 
just just on the surface, this is the largest purse. So I would say, okay, who's the best golfer that I have available, right? Like who who would I want the most in the biggest purse? Let's just say I think that's Rory McIlroy, and you might think that is uh, John Rahm or uh, Justin Thomas or whatever, right? But like, let's just for this exercise say it's Rory McIlroy. Then I can go and say, okay, well, if I look at the Holy Grail, uh, Keegan Bradley's been awesome here. 1.9 strokes gained per round over his last 12 rounds at Sawgrass. Justin Thomas has been great. There's that Brian Harmon fella. Corey Connors, John Romp. So I would probably say, okay, well, um, then my backup plan might be Justin Thomas. And then for option three, I might go a little bit more off the board or maybe like a contrarian play. I could say Keegan Bradley. Maybe that's a little much. Maybe that's a little aggressive. Look, Google already wants to cross it out. Maybe it's Keegan Bradley or maybe I say, okay, who is someone that, you know, they're not, that the rest of the field is not going to use at the Players' Championship and maybe that is... Uh, maybe I maybe I determine that's Colin Morikawa, right? So now I've got three really good options for this event. Um, the Travelers Championship is probably a better example because I could have said, okay, give me the best player, Rory McIlroy, as one of these guys. I could have then said, okay, Keegan Bradley, who has good course history around there. And I could have said, you know, let's just throw in Brian Harmon as another one. And now when we get to this event, I can make this decision. The other thing is going to be a lot about playing your own position. So... You know, by the time we get to the Travelers, that's in June. That's like, you know, we're coming down the home stretch of this. If you are in first place or if you are up near the top of the run and done, just front run. It doesn't matter if you're taking the popular pick. It doesn't matter if you're taking the one that everyone else is taking. You're just trying to extend. If you need to make up ground and you're in 100th and you're trying to get to first, it's Keegan Bradley time. It's Brian Harmon time. It's 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 zigging when everyone else is zagging time, right? So what you could actually do is change these options to say like my favorite golfer, uh, the chalk, who I think the chalk is going to be. You could then say contrarian and have those three options so that you know when you get there. The other thing you could do is you could you could do multiples. You could say, okay, who's the favorite? Who's the chalk? Who has the best course history? Right? And then when you start building this out, it's going to take you a little bit, but it's it's fine because we have until you know, the second week of January to get all this sorted out. It's going to take you some time to do this. But I believe that once you have it done, it's going to be a really, really valuable resource for you. So I would spend a lot of time here in the Holy Grail saying, okay, you know, change the course, now change it to Why Lie and, um, you know, see who's in here. Okay, Corey Connors, like maybe Corey Connors is my first pick out of the gate. He's got three straight top 12s, the Sony Open. He's probably going to be pretty popular, but the first week of the year, I don't really care about that. And I don't need to save Corey Connors for a major. But what I could do, see, or you could go player by player. This is so much fun. So Corey Connors is a really good example because I could say, okay, let me sort this. Corey Connors would probably be my favorite, so to speak, for the Sony Open. Let me get the formatting right. You know, Corey Connors is my favorite for the Sony Open, but he's actually like my contrarian pick for the Masters, right? Because if you go to Corey Connors, uh, or if you go back to the Holy Grail and then probably change this to, you know, Augusta National, I imagine uh, Corey Connors' name is going to show up here somewhere near the top. Yeah, 16 rounds, 1.57 
three top tens in his last four starts. So like now you can kind of have a couple different options for Corey Connor. So this is a really, really good exercise. And maybe, um, uh, maybe I can make another video of me actually going through and doing this. Uh, that's, but that's, Again, it's probably like a multiple hour process I would have to cut down, but I think this is a, a really good exercise and you can decide what these categories are for you. Is it favorite chalk course history? Is it contrarian? Is it whatever? Um, I think this is a really good exercise. Now, the other consideration here is the live golf consideration. As of right now and as of recording this, I am under the assumption and I'm under the expectation that we, the live golf guys are going to play the four major championships. Uh, the guys that are already exempt, the guys that are already qualified. So you're talking about like Dustin Johnson, you're talking about uh, Cam Smith, you're talking about um, likely Patrick Reed, right? I think his master's uh, title, I think he's got one more year of that. So you're going to see him at least at Augusta and I believe the other majors for for one, one more year as well. So they're... What I think is going to end up happening is those guys are going to be um, disproportionately overowned at the major championships because that's the only place you're going to be able to play them, right? So don't you think by the time you get to the Open Championship, Cam Smith is going to be like the most popular guy or at least way more popular than he should be because you're only going to get four opportunities for him. So there's probably only like two maybe three, maybe four guys that I would want to play for live. That would be, um, you know, Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson. I think those are the two no brainers. I believe Brooks, maybe right. Just because of the major championship record. And then, um, I, like I'm interested in Joaquin Neiman, right? Like those are the only ones that I would, that I would really consider. I think if you're going to use them for major championships and I think you should be willing to use them, right? You, you gotta be a little bit different. Cam Smith at the Open Championship is probably a bad idea. Cam Smith at the Masters, maybe that's a little bit better of an idea, right? Be a little bit different. And he's got, um, he's got decent history around. Let's let's look real quick. Yeah, I mean three straight three straight top tens, one point eight nine strokes gained per round over sixteen rounds. Like you could use Cam Smith at the Masters. Uh, now, the other thought here is what their odds are going to be. Now, because you can only use them at major championships, we basically already know what their odds are going to be. So let's look. Here's DraftKings Sportsbook, in which I am uh, in no way affiliated, but they do have the futures up for all four major championships. So Cam Smith is 12-1 to to win the Masters. That is the third shortest odds behind Rory McIlroy and John Rahm. He's tied with Justin Thomas. Uh, DJ is 16-1, to which is right between Scotty Scheffler and Colin Morikawa. This is the PGA Championship. So DJ is 20-1, to which is the fifth shortest odds. And Cam Smith is also 20-1, to same as Colin Morikawa, same as Dustin Johnson, same as Xander Shoffley. Uh, the U.S. Open is here. Cam Smith, 18-1, to the same as Patrick Cantlay. And Dustin Johnson... Uh, a little bit further down here, 28 to 1 between Jordan Spieth and Hideki Matsuyama. And then finally, the Open Championship, Cam Smith, 16 to 1. That's the fourth shortest odds. He's tied with Justin Thomas, DJ, 25 to 1. So you are talking about getting guys that are certainly in the top five or six of the betting odds at those major championships. So I do think you should absolutely deploy them. Just be a little bit, little bit interested in how you deploy them, right? And we're going to see a lot like how much do they play leading in and all that fun stuff. But I think don't play Cam Smith at the Open, play him at the Masters. DJ, um, maybe you play him at like the PGA instead of the US Open, or maybe you play him, maybe you play him at the Masters. Like that would be kind of interesting as well. I will note um, DK Sportsbook also has players' championship odds out. 
which they have them listed. They have DJ and Cam Smith listed, which was like, no way those guys play, in my opinion. They also have the match play odds out, which is kind of interesting. So that is now six events in which you could conceivably know, you know, know the odds. Uh, obviously, they're going to change and all that stuff. But you could start building out this outline with those. Now, the match play, I wouldn't get too crazy with because you're going to want to see what side of the bracket everybody's on. But um, you could conceivably start putting these into place. So, oof, there's a lot. There's a lot. Make your outlines. That's that's what I think you should do. And the other thing that I think you should do is go sign up for the run and done because I'm hoping, really hoping, really kind of begging that um, this thing fills very, very quickly and there's not going to be a lot of spots, right? It's single entry. It's 100 bucks. We've had almost this many people play in past versions. I think this is going to fill very quickly. Please don't make me sweat it. Please go do it. Um, and we'll continue from here. Maybe I'll make another video on actually filling out that outline. Hope that that tickled your brain a little bit and that it gets your mind rolling for one and done this year. Lots of good stuff coming. Um, tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.